brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make your podcast. You can create, distribute, and monetize your content right from your phone. Anchor is completely free to use with no storage limits, no trial period, and no strings attached. Easily distribute your podcast to every major podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. I even use Anchor for my podcast, so download the app today or visit anchor.fm. Welcome to the Three Course Convo Podcast, where I serve you three of the hottest topics in the food world. I'm your host, Paul O. Mims. Yes, we are still in the midst of a global pandemic. Miss Rona is still lingering around, messing with people. We are still in quarantine. But I wanted to take this moment during this time to talk about three, you know, big topics that have been circling around the media, social media. Um, and I wanted to add a little bit of my personal take and opinion in, on these topics. And we're just going to discuss about them and see how it goes. Our first course is about grocery shopping. So we all know that grocery stores, supermarkets have been deemed essential businesses. We also know that grocery store, supermarket employees are deemed essential employees. Hence, we have to eat, right? During this quarantine, we still have to eat. We still have to be human. We still have to cook. We still have to make sure we have food on the table. So it's not a surprise that there's still essential businesses and we still have to partake in grocery shopping. But the big topic and the big discussion that's been going around about supermarkets is should we go into the supermarket to buy our food ourselves or should we consider delivery? Now, I personally have been using delivery a lot of the times. I have gone inside the store as well, um, but I... Personally, I thought delivery was a better option because um, it was less risk of, you know, catching the Rona. But, you know, there's a little bit of an equity issue when it comes to having that discussion about going to the store yourself or getting delivery. For one, if you go into the store yourself, people are afraid that they're going to um, get coronavirus, that they're going to get sick, that it's more of a risk going into the store where there are other people there. You're less likely to be six feet apart from people because if someone's standing there and you need to reach over and get something off the shelf, do you stand there and wait till the person leaves or are you going to be like, oh, I'm going to do it in two seconds and I'm going to get this thing and hopefully they weren't breathing on me. But anyway, um, it's more of a risk going into the store itself. So people have been uh, resulting in getting delivery services. That includes Amazon, that includes Instacart, that includes Fresh Direct. Those are the top three delivery services that you can use for grocery delivery. I personally have been using Instacart. The reason I've been using Instacart is because Instacart has affiliations with a bunch of stores in your area. It's not just Whole Foods like Amazon has. You can go to, in my area, where there's a ShopRite, um, there's a Fresh Grocer, Giant, those type of stores, Whole Foods even, Target, CVS, those kind of stores, Instacart can, you know, you can shop at through Instacart and get your stuff from those stores. So that's why I use Instacart. Um, but here's the thing with delivery services. They do not accept food stamps or SNAP. A lot of people who are on SNAP, who are vulnerable to food insecurity, who rely on these resources, 
cannot use their SNAP benefits for these delivery services. Um, that's a big problem, especially for you know the elderly who use SNAP and they can't get around, they can't go to the grocery store themselves, or people are delivery services or driver services aren't taking them to the stores because of the corona and quarantine. So what are they supposed to do? Delivery services would be the number one option for them, but if you can't use your SNAP benefits, what are you going to do? I wish that a lot of these services would have had the option of SNAP benefits already. It's 2020. I don't understand why they haven't. I know Walmart delivery services have started piloting a SNAP, using SNAP to buy your groceries online. I don't know. I don't think Instacart or Amazon has tried that. Maybe Amazon has piloted once, but I don't think it's become a well-known thing to use SNAP for those delivery services. So that's an equity issue. If these people can't use the SNAP benefits, how are they going to get the food delivered? So they have to go into the store or if you're elderly and can't mobilize there, how are you going to get your groceries? Um, so that's a big issue. The other side of it is if you go into the store, you're going to get sick. Okay. So it's a huge discussion and people are really confused of what they should do. I was reading an article the other day and it was talking it was talking to a professor of public health, I believe at Drexel University, and he was basically talking about what's the best choice to make, going to the store yourself or having a delivery service. He says that he sometimes goes to the store himself, but he primarily uses delivery because he's over the age of 60. We all know during this pandemic, if you're over the age of 60, you're more likely um, to be affected by this virus um, harshly. So he didn't want to take the risk. So he stayed at home and got delivery service, which is fine. If you have the means to use a delivery service. Also, if you've noticed in the news, a lot of the workers for Instacart and Amazon delivery have been on strike because they haven't been getting hazard pay. Now, they are risking their lives going into these stores and getting groceries for other people through the apps, and they're not getting hazard pay for it. We all know that working for Instacart or Amazon delivery is a gig is a gig option, so they're not paid salary. It's a gig, so they're paid by the order, just like if you're doing Grubhub or DoorDash. So if they're not getting hazard paid, I think that's completely wrong, and they're risking their lives to get your groceries because you don't want to risk your own life to get your own groceries. So that's also a big thing. But at the same time, do you continue to use delivery options? Because if they're in this gig economy, they have to get some income somehow. So you have to think, okay, do I still do delivery service so they can still have a job? Do these people can still have income and can buy food themselves or, you know, continue to have income? And, you know, it brings it to perspective of the privilege one can have. I personally... Have, I'm still being paid, um, working from home. Thank God, thank the Lord from above, the universe, whatever you believe in, that I have the opportunity to still have a paycheck even through this. Unemployment has got staggering applications, over 6 million the other week. That's the most they've ever had, and it totally crashed the website. It's been crazy. So I'm super, 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 super grateful that I have this opportunity but I have to remember, should I keep those Instacart uh, employees working or do I just go into the store myself? 
And that's a huge, huge, huge decision, a huge thought process that goes in people's heads when they use this um, service. And I think personally, this is my opinion, I think go ahead and use the delivery services. Don't use them often. If you can, use them twice a month. If you go grocery shopping every week, I would say rotate between going in and getting delivery services. Don't get delivery services every two days. Um, You should shop by the week. Um, I also don't plan on shopping by the month. I don't think that's a good idea to shop monthly, especially during this quarantine, because especially if you have children, you are eating more at home than you usually do. Usually kids are at school, so they eat two of their meals at school. You're at work, so you're eating more of the food at home. And if you're shopping monthly, you're more likely to run out of food before the next month. So I will recommend shopping weekly if you can, bi-weekly as much as you can. And I will rotate between delivery services and going to the store. Just know that when you go into the store, you wear a mask. If you have vinyl gloves, wear vinyl gloves. If you don't have a mask, wear scarves, winter scarves wrapped around your face, bandanas. I'm not wearing a bandana. And that's due to personal reasons. I would like you to take that moment to think about why I wouldn't wear a bandana covering my face in a store. This is America we're talking about, remember? But anyway, also, if you use delivery services, there's an option on it where that allows you for them to leave your groceries at the soup so you won't have to interact with them. I think all of the delivery services have made that the automatic prompt so you can just leave your groceries at the stoop. You come down, um, they'll call you when they put the groceries there. You come and get them and you won't have to interact with anyone. So that's also a great option if you decide to use a delivery option. So that's just the topic that we've been talking about that's been going around during this pandemic. I just think that you should just alternate if you have the means to. And that's how I feel about that. Our second course is about the excessive food waste that's been happening in relation to the pandemic. Yes, I'm talking about our nation's producers such as farms, dairy farms, produce farms, Um, cattle farms, all of these giant producers that provide our food system with food has been excessively wasting it due to the low demand of food at the moment. Due to the pandemic, a lot of businesses and big box businesses that have been using a lot of the produce, such as schools and restaurants, haven't been ordering because they're closed. They're not considered essential businesses. Schools have more than 10 people meeting at once, so they're all closed during this time. A lot of states have even closed schools for the rest of the school year. So those are big ticket buyers for these big farms. So what they have to do, they are literally destroying all of their surplus crops. So for example, the dairy farmers have been just letting their milk just drain, gallons and gallons of milk just drain. And I believe it was over 3 million gallons of milk each day were being drained and not being used and dumped because they can't sell it. Also, chickens, their eggs have been smashed. All of these tractors are scissoring and, you know, destroying these bean and other crops um, in our food system because they can't sell these crops. They can't sell the milk. They can't sell these chickens. A lot of people are thinking, why are they doing that? Why can't they just give their surplus food to, you know, food banks and help the people who are food insecure and don't have food? Um, Which is absolutely a valid question. I'm wondering the same thing. A lot of these uh, farms have been reporting that they have been 
donating a lot of their food to these food banks. Food banks have been taking a lot of orders, have been taking a lot of these uh, donations because they're in high demand right now, especially in, in impoverished areas. The only problem with that is that a lot of these donations cannot be accepted by the food banks because food banks have limited resources. They don't have enough refrigerators to put all of this dairy in or perishable items. Also, farms are saying that they can't process and package these items for donations because they don't have the workers, because they're not using their workers. And also during this pandemic, they're not allowed to, you know, do all these things. And if they spend all this money on packaging and processing these products for it to be donated, that promotes a financial strain on their businesses. I believe the New York Times just reported um, a staggering numbers about what's been going on in our food system in terms of these farms destroying the crops. Um, it's just, it's very heart-wrenching looking at these numbers, like over 3 million gallons of milk a day, not just monthly, a day or weekly, it's a day, fucking day. And all of these crops, like it's just, it blows my mind. Idaho was burying so many pounds of onions underground because they couldn't sell them. It's just, it it's, I don't know how to answer what can be done. I'm not a farmer, I'm not an economist. Um, I'm not in business. It, it, I don't know the answer to this, but I just really hope that there's another way to handle this. Like, do you imagine dumping all of your milk that you have in your house that you buy every day or that you have every day down the drain because you don't know what to do with it? I don't think you would, right? So I, I just wish there was a better way to handle this. And if you have any ways, all the people who are out there who know business, who know um, demand, um, supply and demand, please let me know. Inform me, Facebook message me, text me, because I just don't understand. That's been really going on in our country. I just wanted to insert this blurb of what's been happening in the pandemic. We've always been talking about you know, the front side of the food industry in terms of hospitality and the restaurants being closed and not financially gaining all of that back after this. But think about all that food that's being wasted. And we already know America is one of the leading nations in the world that has the most food waste. It's absolutely ridiculous. Our third course is about a topic that has been seen everywhere. Every time I turn around, I hear about this. I'm talking about cupboard cooking or some would say pantry cooking. During this time, it has been coined as quarantine cooking. Well, whatever you call it, it is essential you learn some tips, and food publications have made a field day in publishing articles all about it. So one of the things I like to tell people is make sure you have plenty of pantry items on stock at all times. That includes rice, beans, dry pasta, flour, sugar, and even frozen vegetables. Now for rice. Now, I love rice because it is so versatile and it's easy to make. Rice gets a bad rap too because many think if they do not have a rice cooker that they can't even make it. I say wrong. You get a pot, you measure a cup of rice. For every cup of rice, there should be two cups of water, two to one ratio. Bring it to a boil, turn down the heat to low, cover, let it cook until all the water is evaporated and you fluff it with a fork. You can also get a little fancy 
and brown your rice with a little bit of butter at the beginning before you add your water. But if you, that's a little bit too complicated for some, so we're gonna leave that out. But it's not that hard. Um, you can use the rice as a complement of other dishes like chili, soups, eggs, even tacos, whatever, you name it. Also, use leftover rice for stir fries. Leftover rice is perfect for stir fries. Beans. Now, you can buy beans and canned or the dry variety. Dry takes longer to cook, but they are worth it for certain dishes. Beans are full of protein and fiber, and they are the perfect answer for plant-based cooking. If you don't know what to make, there's a wonderful recipe for a white bean and sausage stew in the New York Times. Dry pasta. I love me some pasta. Make a baked pasta dish that can feed the entire family or yourself. I don't judge here. Trust me, I don't judge here. Flour. Make sure you have flour on hand for sauces, soups, and quick breads. Make an easy roti with only three ingredients. Flour, water, baking powder. Let it sit. Let it sit. Let it rise. Roll into balls. Roll it out. Fry in a pan. There you go. Want to bake? Make sure you have flour because you do not want to end up asked out trying to see if you can risk yourself and your livelihood to go to the store and just get some flour. So cupboard cooking is nothing new. It is a perfect way to reduce food waste and overspending. We're going to be home for a while, so why not learn? Find recipes online. I recommend Bon Appetit, Epicurious, New York Times, and Saveur. Those are just some of the big platforms and recipe platforms and stuff that I really trust and that I love to use on my for myself. So there you have it. Yay! That's all the time I have today. Once again, you can find this episode and all the previous episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also find it on my website, mrpaulomims.com. You can also find me on social media at Instagram and Twitter at mrpaulomims. Thank you so much for listening. And we're still in this coronavirus. Please stay safe. Remember to spread love, not germs. Bye.